two o'clock and you're listening to the one two three show with me noreen mayor on this tuesday afternoon now in this week's tuesday report we hear about what makes the cuisine of italy's Piedmont region different from the other parts of the country a new chef in town with a long-standing italian restaurant in kowloon explains to our show's food and drink reporter andrew dambina Hello, I am Chef Andrea Burzio. I'm from Piedmont. I work for Shangri-La Carlone in Angelini, Italian restaurant. So, Piedmont. People in Hong Kong love Italian restaurants. They may have heard of Piedmont, but can you just give us a quick roundup of the characteristics most well-known in Piedmont region? You are totally correct. It's not that well-known so far. Piedmont is located in the northwest part of Italy. It is uh, very close to the Alps mountain and the Adriatic in the Ligurian Sea. So we have a very wide array of products from the, the very, very expensive beef cackle, the fasona. We have the fish, the wild-caught sea bass. We have the most important cheeses in Italy, like the Castelmagno, the Fontina, of course, the truffle from Alba, all come from Piedmont. The most amazing red wine in Italy, the Barolo, come from Piedmont. Everything is there. Right, there's, there's Barolo, Barbera and Barbaresco. Is that also from Piedmont? Yes, as well as Dolcetto, Grignolino. The variety of red wine in Piedmont is so wide that we maybe need one day to huh. talk about them all. Would you say, because some of those really high-end ingredients, such as some of the top wines in Italy, Alba truffles, that's the white truffle that are available for a very short season and come at uh, quite a premium price, does this have an effect that over hundreds of years uh, the Piedmont region is quite wealthy by comparison to some of the rest of Italy? Actually, not at all. The Piedmont region is, uh, in Italy itself, is known for mainly for its industrial production mm. because of the Fiat Motorsport. Oh. That's what it was very known for. But for the agricultural part, we're still very authentic and we always keep it things small small so we can focus more on the quality than uh, the production itself and the volume. Now, you've just started working at the time of this interview for just one month in Angelini Restaurant in the Kowloon Shangri-La, and you're from Piedmont, and I know that you're bringing a lot of Piedmontese dishes and ingredients onto the menu. As a chef in his mid-thirties from Piedmont, what are some of the dishes that you grew up with that you have to put on a menu when you go and become a chef anywhere around the world? Yes, well, I always keep the tradition of my family and I always bring myself the vitello tonnato. It is a roasted veal served with a sauce made with capers, tuna and lemon. And uh, the particular things is the recipe is hundreds of years old. Mm. But very few knows that the vitello tonnato is typical of Piedmont. It's actually very known in many Italian restaurants. As you say, this is a dish that, that is served in Italian restaurants around the world. Do you sometimes try it and there's something not quite right with it? What is it that makes it really authentic for that sauce and the uh, capers and the veal and everything that goes with it? You know, there is a lot of people arguing uh, who is the most authentic, mm. okay? I always stick to my family one, 
because it reminds me of my youth, my childhood. And uh, the way to cook the veal, it must be roasted. Some people f- boil it, mm. but for me, boiling, it loses too much flavor. Another thing that I know through speaking to you before this interview that you're bringing to Hong Kong, now I don't know if this will be seasonal or year-round, is rabbit meat, which is something that really doesn't have much of a tradition in Hong Kong. How is that enjoyed in, uh, in your region of Italy? Yes, the rabbit is a very common game meat. We always have it all around because we live in an area rich of plain and bushes mm. where the rabbit are wild and uh, very tasty. We just simply boil it and serve it marinated in olive oil and a little bit of sage. And then we serve it as a salad. So this is going to be quite unexpected. People may have tried, um, say, French or other European rabbit stews. In, in winter, would people be cooking it as a stew in the northern parts of Italy? Yes, we do. We do basically tomato-based stew. For the moment, I will just prepare the salad. So uh, I want the people of Hong Kong to try at least the first step on it, and then we see how it goes after. Right. Other very important dishes from Piedmont is the Agnolotti del Plin. It's a stuffed pasta. Inside is oxtail. The oxtail is a meat, very cheap, but is very, very tasty after you cook for a long time. Mm. And this gives the stuffed pasta a unique flavor and served with its own cooking juice, little bit parmesan, mm. little bit chocolate for the sweetness. Chocolate? Absolutely. Is, is that part of the traditional recipe? Oh, it is. It is. The chocolate, for example, in Piedmont, the famous Nutella comes from Piedmont. Okay. We really have master chocolate here in our hometown. But mixing the chocolate with the savory, I mean, some people may know that this does exist also in France with some sauces that's eaten with pigeon or things like that. But is it a common uh, combination in Piedmont? Yes, it is. But we don't use the sweet chocolate. We use the 80% and above concentration of cocoa. Mm. So... The flavor is very bitter and it perfectly matches the sweetness of the meat. And when you talk about stuffed pasta, you're really talking about something that for people to imagine is a little bit like a ravioli in terms of it being a pasta pocket, right? Yes, the pasta is basically made handmade Mm. and folded personally, each one of them. There are many shapes and every shape gets a different name. The agnolotti is a particular shape cows a pouch Mm. where the sauce goes in and keep it there. And what makes it different from the more commonly known ravioli? The way you fold it and the way you physically pinch the pasta, Mm. it creates this uh, special shape. How many different types of pasta do you think there are in Italy? Because there are so many variations. If you had to make a guess, what would you say? As a chef, even myself, (laughs) I don't know them all. (laughs) It's probably more than hundreds. And and, and which type are specifically just only enjoyed in Piedmont? Any still that you can only find there? The Agnolotti de Plin is typical of Piedmont and the Ravioli di Magro. Ravioli di Magro is ricotta and spinach inside. Mm. Vegetarian way. So when you have been cooking around the world, your last place that you cooked was Cebu in the Philippines. What are the key differences do you find that the Asian palate, you're in Hong Kong now, um, we've talked about traditional recipes from Piedmont. Can you bring those authentic recipes to parts of Asia successfully? In Hong Kong, I can. In other parts of Asia, it's more difficult. First, because the Hong Kong have a good supply chain 
other part doesn't. Mm. Also Hong Kong, the Hong, the Hong Kong customer is very refined, is very experienced. He travels a lot and he knows what he wants. Other places is a little bit more tricky mm. and you need to deal with them personally more. For example, in, in other Asian country, I work in Thailand before. The Vitello Tonato, as I mentioned before, is roasted veal. Mm. But in Thailand, the veal and the beef is not that popular and didn't sell that good. Okay. In that case, we changed it with veal with the pork, with the same sauce, and it was a success. Wow. So in Thailand, the pork won. Interesting. So sometimes you will adapt the main component, or the, the meat in this case, for, for something that will surprise you as a chef too. Very surprised. And then you can learn a lot from the culture by what the people eat is uh, very connected each other. You mentioned that Hong Kong is a great supply chain in terms of getting ingredients. Are there some things in Asia that in terms of for freshness and so on that you just can't get and then you have to improvise? Yes, in Hong Kong I still didn't find this issue because here everything working very fine. But in other country, yes, it happened even for me to miss the basil, one of the main mm. ingredients for Mediterranean cuisine. And then I had to make a pesto and we didn't have the basil, how can it be possible? So we use a little bit of parsley and a little bit coriander and then we create a, like a fusion pesto. Ah. Sometimes you have to deal with it. And I know that one of the things that you pride yourself in is making your own bread. It must be quite difficult to deal with humidity changes even if you have a, you know, an air-conditioned environment. How do you manage to cope with humidity in Asia when you're baking bread and desserts? Yes, we have a controlled temperature room. The bakery is uh, very, very efficient. The main problem is how to keep it after baking uh, properly crunchy and, and fresh. That is the challenge. And most of the time, we just use it for one meal period. We bake it a little, we use it, and then whatever is uh, rest, we have to discard it and make it fresh again. But of course, after uh, the bread of the day is done, what you're going to do? You're going to reuse it, especially for the soup for the next day, to make the croutons, the crunchy. We rebake it, we make it a little bit dry, mm. and it's perfect to make with the cold soup and hot soup. And that was Chef Andrea Berzia of the Angelini Restaurant at the Kowloon Shangri-La Hotel speaking to our food and drink reporter Andrew Dembina about the cuisine of Piedmont in northern Italy and the rising to the challenges of serving it in Asia. Thank you very much uh, for your feature, Andrew.